0: Indeed, it's very exciting to be here with you uh, for our Youth Week of Prayer. Like Kimberly has said, it's been a long time since we've gathered um, as young people to pray together, to study God's word. And the theme for our Youth Week of Prayer is God's message for today. And oftentimes when we read God's word, we read it in context, which is correct, for the time in which it was written. But God's word is not to be put in a box that it was only meant for the years in which it was written. God's word speaks to us when we're five years old, when we're 10 years old, when we're 15, and when we're fifty. because God never changes. And the power of his word never changes. And I believe as young people, God has a very special calling upon each and every one of our lives. And in order to fulfill that calling, we need a strong foundation, a foundation that can only be built on the word of God. So before we go into the topic for tonight, which is the real Star Wars, which you would have seen in the invite, I'd like to invite you to just take a moment as we build a foundation for the real Star Wars. Now, the word of God, how many of you believe in the word of God? I know I can't see you because this is online, but each and every one of us should be putting our hands up and saying, yes, I believe in the word of God. I believe that God's word is inspired and can speak to me today and has the same power in my life today as it did the day I fell in love with Jesus. I wanna share with you a scripture found in 2 Timothy chapter three, verses 16 and 17, a scripture that many of us are familiar with. And it says that all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness. The Lord always adds a blessing to the reading of his word. What this tells me is that no matter what is out there, and there's a lot of, um, mis- I do want you to say a nicer word than lies, but there's a lot of lies out there. There's a lot of fake news, and it's very easy to be caught up in that, what do I believe? Oftentimes my granny would come up to me and she'll say, I saw this on YouTube and I would have to explain to her that this is a edited video. It's maybe not the right trailer for a movie. You know, there's a lot of fake news out there. So we need the truth. We need something that we can rely on that doesn't change. And the only thing that doesn't change is the word of God because the word of God is God himself revealing himself to us and he doesn't change. Therefore his word doesn't change. There's a beautiful unity in the word of God that comes right from Genesis to Revelation. Even though it was written by different people living in different times, there's unity because God's word was inspired by his Holy Spirit. There's also historical accuracy. When you compare history books to God's word, you see that God's word is accurate. There's also the fulfillment of prophecy. Jesus came because he was. it was prophesied that he would come. And we believe that he will return because it was prophesied that he will return. God is a God of his promises. And we see this in the fulfillment of prophecy. So as young people, when we read God's word, it's very easy to fall into that trap of taking the easy way out. Reading the Gospels and the book of Proverbs and the book of Psalms. Now, not to discredit any of those because each of those hold importance. The last book many young people turn to, ironically the last book, is the book of Revelation. It is quite a scary book, very intimidating with lots of imagery and it can be somewhat daunting to say I'm going to take the time to study the book of Revelation and psych yourself up to get excited for a book that sounds kind of apocalyptic and scary. But I want to encourage you that the book of Revelation starts in chapter 1 verse 1 saying... This is the revelation of Jesus Christ, and you can stop right there and rest assured that this book was written to reveal Jesus Christ to us, and nothing about that, that should scare us, that should encourage us to want to spend time in this book. So throughout the week of prayer, We will be looking at the book of Revelation and I encourage you to take time to read the scriptures for yourself that will be mentioned through this, because obviously, for time's sake, we cannot go through them all. But I encourage you in your personal devotion to spend time in the book of Revelation, because it truly is the the revelation of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, I'm going to just request uh, permission to share my screen from Udean. Are we good? Okay, let me get this PowerPoint up and running. Okay, can everyone see my screen? You can just give me a thumbs up if you can. Yes, all good? Sorry, I can't see any thumbs up. Okay, yes, there we go. Okay, so today we're going to be looking at the real Star Wars, and the Star Wars movie has quite a cult following in society today. There are many fans. In fact, if you ever had to make the mistake of confusing Star Wars and Star Trek, with a Star Wars fan, you'd be in a lot of trouble. Now the background behind me is when to relate to this topic today, the real Star Wars. So in the 70s, there was an introduction to this movie that changed cinema for many years to come. And it went like this, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. And with those very words, George Lucas, the director of the Star Wars series, basically created an empire where old people and young people just really got into this movie. Everything from mugs to pajamas to bedding. It was, it was huge, and it remains huge up until this day. What is so great about this? So I'm going to give you a rundown of the basis of this movie. So there's, it, in this galaxy far, far away, there's a long and bloody confrontation that takes place between the Jedi who advocate law and order in the galaxy. And they're led by a character called Rook Skywalker. And they're reversing the Sith, basically a group of beings that come from the dark side. And they're led by someone called Darth Vader. He was actually a bright young knight who changed his career as a guardian of justice and truth to establish his cruel galactic empire. And basically his plan was to destroy everything good in the universe. But he was all his plans came to naught because the Jedis, led by Luke Skywalker, defeated him. And then peace returns to the galaxy and all is well and good triumphs over evil and all those good things. Now, millions of people across the world and across generations have been fascinated by the story of Star Wars. Now, what if I told you that years before George Lucas was even born, let alone had the idea of Star Wars? that a true Star Wars, a real galactic war took place. And John, the beloved disciple, the writer of the book of Revelation, had written about this in Revelation chapter 12. This real Star Wars, better known as the the Great Controversy or the Conflict of Ages, takes place in Revelation chapter 12, verses 7 and 8. And it's on the screen, so you can read it with me. It says, and war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought. But they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. It goes on to say, and the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth and his angels were cast out with him." That's verse 9. So through this study that we're going to do this evening, we're going to examine what actually is the real Star Wars. We're going to look at two main characters here as we see in our scripture reading. There's Michael and there's a dragon. So who are these two main characters? And similar to the Star Wars series, where each movie was called an episode, but I think there's like seven or nine. Sorry, I'm not a Star Wars fan. But we're gonna look at three episodes that take place in the real Star Wars. And we're gonna examine how this impacts our life in this generation as young people. So the main actors that we read about in our scripture is Michael and the dragon. So who is Michael? Well, let's start with him. word Michael is mentioned five times in the Bible. The first is in Daniel chapter 10 verses 12 to 13 and verse 21 where we see him fighting on behalf of the prophet Daniel. Later on in Jude chapter 1 verse 9 we see him contending with Satan for the body of Moses and then in Daniel chapter 12 verse 1 it says that in time in the time of the end Michael will arise to deliver God's people. Now there are two keys that allow us to understand who Michael is. The first comes from his name which in Hebrew means who is like God. The second key is according to Jude chapter 1 verse 9 which says that Michael is an archangel and according to Daniel he is the chief of princes which we read in Daniel 10 verses 13 to 21. Now, with these two keys, we can come to the conclusion that Michael is Jesus because Jesus is equal to God, as we read in John 1 verses 1 to 3, and he's called an archangel, as we read in 1 Thessalonians verses 4 to 16. I will post all of these scriptures in our group chat so you can read them for yourself later on. So being clear that Michael is Jesus, let's shift our attention to the other player in the story that is the dragon well the dragon is described as satan the serpent who deceives so there's war in heaven and if you remember uncle ocean's sermon from the sabbath he said that's an oxymoron because heaven is a place associated with peace happiness and joy and no one thinks that there's going to be war in a place where there's supposed to be peace and joy which leads many people to the next question did god create a being who decided to wage war in heaven? And the answer is no, God did not create Satan. God actually created Lucifer. And we read about this in Isaiah 14 verses 12 to 14 and Ezekiel chapter 28 verses 11 to 19. These scriptures reveal to us that God created a perfect being named Lucifer. He was the light bearer. He was the seal of perfection, full of wisdom and finished with beauty until one day he began to contemplate what it would be like to receive the worship that the creator God was receiving. Sin was found in him, iniquity was found in him. The being who was once the bearer of light now became a bearer of his own free will and wanted to be in the place of God. And this is what caused the war in heaven, self wanting to be in the place of God. So now that we're clear on who these two players are, let's look at the three episodes that take place in the real Star Wars. The first is the rebellion. Now, Revelation chapter 12 verse seven says, there was war in heaven. And it's important that we understand this wasn't necessarily a physical war like we see in the picture here with swords and horsemen and all those kind of things. The word war here used by John comes from the Greek term palamos, from which the well-known word polemic comes. This war began as a war of ideas and arguments. Satan, who is the father of lies and deception, sought by all means to tarnish the character of God. His purpose was to rise up and usurp God's place. Satan said that God was a tyrant and he wanted all the attention and worship for himself. And thus, he was able to deceive a third of the angels. Lucifer, a covering cherub, desired to be first in heaven. He sought to gain control of the heavenly beings to draw them away from their creator and to win their homage to himself. Therefore, he misrepresented God, attributing to him the desire of self-exaltation. With his own evil characteristics, he sought to invest the loving creator and thus deceived the angels. But this episode doesn't end there. We read in our scripture reading that Satan was defeated and he was expelled from heaven, along with a third of the angels who actually believed his lies. Michael got the victory, and thus the first episode ends with Jesus winning. Then we move on to the second episode, which is entitled The Invasion. So what happened after Satan was expelled from heaven? Well, fast forward to the book of Genesis, where we read that God created this beautiful world for us to live in. And chapter one says that when he was done with creation, he created the crowning beauty of all the things that he created. And that was man. We we read in Genesis, so God created man in his own image and in the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. That's Genesis chapter one, verse 27. God placed our first parents in a paradise that we know as Eden. And gave them a command, and the Lord God commanded man, saying, Of every tree in the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat it, you shall surely die. And we all know what happened. The serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field that the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the tree of the garden, but of the tree of, but of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. And the serpent said to the woman, you will surely not die. For God knows in the day that you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And that's Genesis chapter three, verses one to five. And we know what happened. Eve partook of the fruit and so did Adam. And sadly, our first parents disobeyed the Lord. And as a result, all of mankind became slaves to sin. Now you might be wondering, why would God even allow this trial? Why did he keep Satan away from Adam and Eve? Why did he allow that? Where was he when Satan was tempting them? Why didn't he step in? And the answer is simple. It's important for us to remember that God is a God of freedom. He did not create robots. He created man in his image. And free will is love, the choice to choose Jesus over everything else. And that's what Jesus desired, what God desired. But sadly, Adam and Eve chose a path of disobedience. And this is what happened in the invasion. Through Adam and Eve and through their sin, Satan had now invaded earth and all of humankind. Fast forward to today, where we see so much of death and destruction in our world. Floods, sickness, illnesses, wars, what's happening in Russia and Ukraine. Thousands, millions of people passing away on a daily basis to a point that we've become desensitized even if we see a dead animal on the road. Death is nothing to us now. We continue with life as if normal. A few weeks ago, there was an accident on the Higginson. It was quite late at night, and we could see all the chaos that was happening on this main highway. And the very next morning, we looked at the road, and people were going to work. Nothing happens. People just go on with life. Death means nothing. Satan has invaded. And in this episode of the real Star Wars, ends on a sad note. You kind of feel depressed. Like where to from here? Is he winning? In episode one, Michael, the archangel, is winning. And now in episode two. It seems as if Satan is winning, but it doesn't end there. There's episode three, the conquest. See, at the foundation of the earth, the plan for salvation was already in place. Revelation chapter 13 verse eight tells us that, after the fall, God had promised a deliverer who would end the reign of evil. Right there when it happened, right there to Adam and Eve, God gave a promise. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and it shall bruise his heel. And we read this in Genesis 3, verse 15. The liberator would be none other than Michael. Our Lord Jesus would take the place of fallen men and confront Satan and his demonic hosts. And so it was, Michael, the great incarnate prince, which we read in Matthew 1, verse 18, who put his death, who with his death paid the ransom price, which we read about in Ephesians 1 verse seven, but he did not remain in his tomb. Praise God that on the third day he rose again. And we can sing death, where is thy sting? Grave, where is thy victory? Jesus conquered. He conquered the empire of death and he conquered Satan. With his life, with his birth, life, death and resurrection, Jesus was crowned the true victor of the real Star Wars. And thanks to his victory, we too can have the victory. Revelation chapter 12, verse 10 says, Now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. So, you see how it ends, friends. It ends with Jesus winning. We have no need to feel hopeless. We have no need to feel caught up in all that is happening around us and feel depressed. You know, uh, to just bring you a soccer analogy, I'm a Manchester United fan, and of late we've been playing terribly. But if I knew, If I knew from the get-go that we were going to win the Champions League and every other league that was taking place, which we didn't win, by the way, it was very depressing. I would have been celebrating. Even if they didn't make a goal by halftime, I would have still been celebrating because I know how it's going to end. I would not feel hopeless. I would still wear my T-shirt with pride and I would be excited and I would post it on my WhatsApp status and on social media because I know that just before that whistle goes off, Manchester United is still gonna win. I would have no need to feel depressed. When I look around and we as children of God who carry the name Christians, walk around depressed, hopeless, feeling overwhelmed by our circumstances, that tells me that we clearly don't know how it ends. But God's word is A and amen. It is so clear that Jesus has won and because of him, we can have the victory. So let's not walk around like we're sad and depressed and overcome by our situations. Because Romans 8 verse 37 says, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. So whatever your situation is now, young person, whether it's choosing the right course to study in campus, whether it's getting your license, just trying to exist in a world where Corona has changed our lifestyle completely. Know that you are more than a conqueror through him who loved us. And we can stand upon God's promises because he who promised is faithful. I hope that you are blessed and encouraged to spend time in the book that many turn away from because all it does is reveal Jesus and that's all we need today.